Now the story of a wealthy family who lost everything and the one son who had no choice but to keep them all together. It's Arrested Development. Hello and welcome to Sitcom Sit Down. I'm a John. And so am I. And we are joined today by a special guest. We have Anne. That's what, well, what you I'm say obviously a name. prostitute if you're two Johns, aren't you? It's kind of like, it's, it's like some horrible works night out that went badly wrong. <laughs> and his glands up as well. I mean, his gland is up, yeah. yeah. You know, and then you, you can never look at each other in the eyes again after that, that one night. <laughs> you went to the conference, drank a bit too much money. <laughs> See, I was young, I needed the money. This listener is what happens when I don't brief the guest properly. That you, all he needs to do is say, "Was Andy?" It is, yeah. But instead, you we gave went me on wine. What do you expect? Yeah, we yeah, went on this um, this surreal um, adventure. Mm. Speaking of surreal adventures, yes. Oh, we've just, nice link. Yes, nice link. Yeah. Uh, you have chosen um, Arrested Development for us to uh, discuss in this episode. Why Arrested Development? Good question. Um, I, I can't. Re- I was thinking. I can't remember when I became aware of it. What I think. The reason that it, it deserves to be talked about is is that it's it's a series that broke a lot of boundaries. But in every episode, and I, I have watched all eighty four, not for this show. I have went back and kind of, you know, um, watched the first episode, the first series, and a couple from two and three. But it's one of those where there's, there's literally no fat in 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 the yeah, construction. I'd of agree with, yeah, um, and that you've got like some some sitcoms. I think you know you've got. They get a bit lazy, and they and, and you can sort of they rely either on the characters or the actors delivering when the script is a bit shite. So I think that with this, everything leads to something else. You yeah. know, it, it, so the, I mean, they're only twenty minutes or something long, but they're absolutely packed, and there's there's it's, there's literally no fat on it. I was just going to say the amount of detail and little things that lead to something else that lead to something else, and it's just amazing. It's definitely one of the like highest joke per minute ratios oh. of. Absolutely. Any kind of modern sitcom, really. Yeah. And it was, you know, I think that with the... Because of the way it was done, they hadn't really done anything like that. Because most sitcoms were, were studio, uh, studio-based. You know, they, they, you've got your multi-camera setup and everything else. And you've got your laugh track or you've got your audience. And it was, it, there was none of that. You know, it was, just, it was shot single camera, like a... Like a, like doc- a documentary, yeah. yeah. And I think that's what they wanted. That's what Ron Howard wanted to do with it originally. was like, you know, make a sort of docu-comedy. So it's, and, and they've been, you know, they've done things, you know, there's Spinal Tap and you kind of mm-hmm. mockumentaries, rockumentaries, all that kind of but stuff. It's, yeah, it's not a mockumentary, is it? It's not The Office. It's, no. it's, no. Um, it's sort of like it's weird. They hybrid. don't really break the fourth wall. They're like, so Modern Family is a similar style. Mm. Whereas they sometimes like, look at you, look at you through the camera, mm. and they break the fourth wall. Whereas yeah. they don't do that in this. Yeah. Um, and I'll get out of the way early, John. Excellent cast. An excellent a, cast. A lovely ensemble. A lovely ensemble. And brilliant guest stars as well, I must be honest. Yeah. And most of the cast, I think that what, what's interesting is a lot of them are kind of, they are sort of famous, but they're famous for that. You know, they're brilliant performers. They are now, yeah, and I think when I read the things sort of ask when they were being interviewed, asking whether they do much improvising around them, they're in, it's very, very tightly scripted. And, and like so many great things where people go, God, they must just be making this up because it's too funny otherwise. And they go, no, it's absolutely scripted, but they're such good performers that they just make it, you know. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, and and you say they're famous from this, but they've, they're going on and doing all kinds of stuff. Jason Bateman, Michael Cera, David Cross, Jeffrey Tambor, etc., etc. They're all, um, yeah, they've all gone on to like become leading characters. I, I suppose kinds d- of things, Jessica yeah. Walter... I did quite a decent history beforehand, obviously, mm. the late Jessica Walter. She was um, the lead with Clint Eastwood in Play Misty for me. That was the biggest back, thing she'd done. That was, yeah. But if you way, look at her IMDb, I mean, I was yeah. like, I was discovering series that I wanted to watch yeah. because of the things she's been in. All those kind of 70s, Rockford Files and right the way through to sort of, well, there was one called, was it called Magic or something? I'm like, with what's his name who played the Hulk? What was, what was Lou Ferrigno? Uh, Bill no. Bixby. Sorry. Yeah, Bill, Bill Bixby. Bixby. Yeah, and it's called it was called the Magician or Magic or something. I'm like, I, I, I don't even remember that. And so it's like no, I've got to go and watch this. But yeah, Jessica Walter, loads of stuff. Yeah, fantastic. Same with Jeffrey Tambor, really. Yeah, I always remember him from Gary Chandlin. Do yeah, Larry um, Sanders. Larry Sanders. Larry Sanders. Yeah. Well, a lot of them came, I think, from that sort of background. Have you got you? Have you? I've got. Look at this. I have the main cast the list. Here, they, you yeah. know, you don't get this on a podcast, but there are pictures here. So I don't ever mix anybody up. Jason Bateman, I think, is probably the most 
I mean, after that went on to be the most successful because, of course, he went on to Dozark and mm. The Outsider and... Because always with, with Jason Bateman, it was his sister that was the most famous, Justine Bateman, who was kind of in... Was she in, like, Beverly Hills? Was it that? Or she was in oh, something really? like that? Oh, really? Yeah. I, I wasn't aware. But then he, he was a child star, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. He's been in the business a long time. Yeah. But I think he's, you know, he's kind of... As, as in, indeed, was Ron Howard, who produced it. Yeah. There um, is this quite a big Happy Days connection. Oh, there's, there's isn't a fella, there? isn't there? Yeah, yeah. With various... Uh, with Ron Howard, um, Henry Winkler... Scott Bio, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, that replacing Fancy with Chachi. That's um, pretty cool. That's pretty cool. There's one beautiful moment. I can't remember what episode it is. And for anybody who doesn't know, um, by the way, if you if you've never seen this, I mean, I imagine anybody who's listening to this because because they they like the rest of the development because it was it, it was it was very much a cult hit. It wasn't like a, a mainstream. Yeah, even in the states, it never really it didn't no. pick up straight away. Well, it did got it? canned after. I mean, they, Fox made three seasons of it. And it never got good ratings at all. No. But it started to build this massive sort of following, I think. Yeah, I and, think they switched nights and all kinds to try and get it mm, going, didn't they? There's yeah. something about that with comedy in that the, the critically acclaimed um, but not particularly well-watched uh, show, there's cachet with it. They, they continue to commission it. Now, I don't know if that's incredible shrewdness of, I suppose, what would have been the DVD sales um, way back then and now, I suppose, is the rerun stuff. Um, but I think it's probably more... Just I don't know the the, the commissioners of that bit of um, yeah one-upmanship of we've got the best show you might we're not the biggest show but we've got the best shows yeah well it was weird because it did that weird thing where it was in the early two thousand I think it was oh two to about oh eight and then it got canned in season three and then picked up by Netflix again yeah. and and sort of then Netflix invested because they, they clearly saw that you know in in their sort of rerunning the way that they rerun series, that this was probably a bit of a goer. And then they invested in 4 and 5. 4 and 5 weren't that great. And they, they sort of did this weird movie thing. I think, but by then, it, the sort of the initial energy had sort of gone out of it a bit. So it's, I mean, the, the, the first three episodes are, I think, probably the best. Sort yeah. of the episode series are the best. So the first three seasons ran from November 2003 to February 2006. And then we've got a seven-year gap to go from May t- uh, 2013 to 2019. There was a lot of love for it, and I think there was a campaign for Netflix to bring this back. Um, and understandably, yeah, yeah, and they, and they have they have and they rescued Cobra Kai and things like that. I think that's what they they're trying to. As I say, it's it's not necessarily the most viewed things, but they've got this very vocal social media fan base because it can't have been cheap who, to put back together. No, I imagine but, the fees would have gone up considerably. But they, but they <laughs> when they put it back together, I think it's it is the full cast, isn't it? Yeah, none of them have died by that point. I mean, yeah, well, but, but yeah. both Tambor and, and Jessica Walter have died since then. So, yeah. Tambor, Tambor, I, I think he's dead. I, I, think, no, I think he's just dead I, in the industry. He's, <laughs> oh, he, he, <laughs> he's been There's been a few accu- accusations. Yeah, there? that he's um, yeah. been a bit of a, a bully and a wrong and well, not including on the set. Of Jessica, the Jessica yeah. Walter, yeah. I think, has complained about him. Yeah. yeah, but there's that weird because when they did, when I think was when they released the was one of the things they did this big New York Times interview with them all. And she sort of confronted him in this interview live, which was oh, wow. really quite odd, and said, yeah, you that. did bully. And it was like, it was sort of like this open therapy session for all these guys in front wow. of the New York Times. And they were, it, it was quite odd. Um, and it was odd because, like, Jason Bateman was sort of sticking up for Jeffrey Tambor, mm. and uh, like Shawcat uh, was kind of a little bit like, well, it doesn't make it right. And so yeah. you had this kind of, like, family therapy family this dysfunctional family that they are actually playing out sort of live for for a new york times uh, journalist so it was, it was quite weird that and they backtracked didn't they on on, on the criticism towards uh, jessica walter that it might, it might have come across that way that actually yeah maybe i shouldn't have said that so because mm. i know she said that she kind of just like put up with there's nothing sexual over there was it it was just like kind of basic bullying he's just been a dick yeah, yeah. and <laughs> um but she said i've worked with him for years and i'd work with him again but you mm. know she just kind of took it and uh, accepted probably his apology, and that was it. Just got on with it, like yeah. these old pros do, don't they? I guess. Yeah. Think about us old pros. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-five years. Let's bring you back to my, uh, you know, the, the conference and the night we all had together. But anyway, move on. Who are your favourite characters, chaps? Favourite characters. Wow. Just while you're thinking about that, just to, to so Andy introduced this. So mm. Now I thought, oh, I used to watch Arrested Development, and it wasn't until. I went back and realised I think I'd only watched the first four episodes, maybe five. <laughs> um, so I've since gone through all of season one, yeah. um, two, three, 
and part, part of thought. Well, you said that, <laughs> but I was quite interested to see where it picked mm. up. I was going to say that is yeah. a long gap, isn't it, mm. to, to yeah. leave it? Yeah. Um, and, and, and it carries straight on, mm. like, from, from the same scene, from even though there's a seven-year gap in between them. And you've done one and... I'm done well. I'm well on with. Um, I've done about thirty episodes. But there I'm are still... eighty-four episodes. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's a bit. Of a, but they're they are like sort of twenty minutes. I was just saying to John it's earlier. Still a big commitment. It's 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 a, it's a big commitment to do them all. But actually, what's lovely about it is you can literally throw one on, you know, and it's twenty minutes later, and and, and you're done. Yeah. So it's kind of they. Yeah. Are... So as much as it is a big commitment. Andy, you've given me a gift right. because I don't know why I stopped watching this years and years ago. I absolutely love it. I it must is. be honest, I am going to have to now sit and watch the lot. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It's one of those that I think that, and I'll be honest with you, listener, when I first started watching it, it was a bit overwhelming. I think, you know, trying to set the scene, so many characters, and I was thinking, oh, this is going to be hard work. But it's just one of those series, what I've watched so far, that just got better and better and better and funnier and funnier. And yeah. I'm looking, I, I can't wait to watch the next and one. And it's one of those, and as you did um, inadvertently with us, it's one that I want other people to watch. Yes. And I'm yeah. becoming, I mean, a bit late to the party, but I'm becoming like evangelical. And I'm trying to get my kids to watch it, but whether they'll. They do know, they'd get it because yeah. I, I literally introduced my 13 year old stepdaughter. We were sort of stranded in a, in a place which had no Wi Fi and that had a DVD player. And I had them with them. I went, watch this. And I, oh, no, I don't want to watch that. I need to go watch it. And then literally, it was on a loop. Um, um, so yeah they do kind of mm. uh, they do so yeah definitely get the kids involved I, I did my 10 year old was watching it and then there was something with a, a vibrator in it and I'm like then I had to spend half an hour trying to explain or, or <laughs> how, to to yes, how to use a vibrator yes how to use a vibrator but it's life skills for you you know it's life skills <laughs> but you're always going to say was, I, I want to watch it all now but I have a feeling once I've watched it all I'm going to have to sit and start watching it all again to pick up all the bits I've missed because you always feel like you're missing something you won't know I mean? have time you, for doing that. It, we'll be moving on to the next. Well, you know what I mean. It's just you just feel so packed with detail and gags. Yeah, just stuff stuff like the, you, like you know, when Tobias wanted to join the Blue Man Group. Yeah, and you you they're going around the house and you just see the old blue hand mark yeah. in the background. <laughs> just that shirt. Just And and David Cross is is. Uh, I mean, I think actually, if, you, if we go if we bring go you back, back to the into, question, yeah, yeah. To going back to the question, which is who is your favourite character. I think it's got to be Tobias Funke, who's, you know, because it's... I'm with you on that it, one, it's, totally with you on that A, he's a great actor, um, but B, it's that, that sort of way that, you know, and with characters, they can say anything. When I mean, this show, I mean, and the part of the thing it's funny is because it's sort of, they're, they're terrible, terrible people. So with terrible people can, can say whatever they want to say, and we laugh at them for being terrible people, you know. Yeah. Um, because we've talked about this before on the podcast, but they rarely win. Yeah, so, so that's why yeah. it's okay. Yeah, yeah. and and and, and oh, that's yeah. the thing, and it's, and it's funny, and because he's sort of the whole thing that every situation finds him, you know, in a leather bar with a with a, with a big handlebar moustache, and you know, um, uh, well, there's a great line when he when he makes it back to the marital bed. Oh yeah, he, he just says, oh, looking at the bed, it's so nice to be back in a queen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's well, I could of, never write a line as cheap as that. Yeah, you know, but, it, but it's a build-up because they're, they're, they're there, you know. Um, yeah. It's like when when um, maybe and uh, George Michael decide to start wearing leather, yeah, and he joins them. <laughs> you know what? What would a dad wear who was wearing oh like a leather daddy? And then he comes in the chains and these ass hanging out. And, <laughs> it's marvelous, marvelous. Yeah, yeah. The, the sexual ambiguity of him and um, the lawyer. Yes. Henry Winkler plays. Yes, he's another one who's who's, who's very Barry, Barry Zuckercorn. Yeah, yes, I mean that's great, and it's. Um, I love the fact he's fucking useless as well. He'll call for an adjournment. He says, "I'm not getting any of this, are you?" <laughs> yeah, if he even makes it to court, yeah. it, it was great. The, the, yeah, if he the, makes it in, yeah. The plea bargain that arrives in one of the episodes, and and they go, oh, "I haven't read it. It's really long. Look how thick it is. Yeah, it's this great excuse, but somehow." I, that like you can have a silly character who's really stupid, but they they have got these little nuances that are oh, and, and and the, God the the, the Tobias um, gay innuendo thing you just, you could really quickly like be rolling your eyes at it, but then like I think it's season three where he's um, tries, where he gets his business cards and he's like um, the world's first 
um, analyst and therapist. And it's just like his business card's the world's first anal rapist. It was all innovative until until the site printed out. But yeah, and it's not until the third series that the rest of the cast actually openly acknowledge that they think he's gay. Yeah, and it's not yeah. until the, the fourth season, which is one of the ones I did watch, where he where he sits down next to Joe. He said he said you you look like I feel, and he just turns on and goes gay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right on the on the nose. I mean, but it's yeah, it is. You know, he's he's endlessly but because all of it's played that he is entirely straight and married to this beautiful woman. You mm. know, uh, and who can never pull. Yes, you know, she yeah. throws herself at men. She can never get one. Yeah, and, and bit, even her brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, he he's he's a great I, character. I understand it was initially a bit part character, much like. Um, uh, with George as well, um, they just kind of um, originally just held us up a minute bit, but they just thought we've got to got to do more with oh, these guys. Just, he's just magic, is Tobias. Yeah. Well, that's because they, they. I think the thing is because they got such a rich mix, and and the, the actors were so good that you couldn't sideline Tobias, you couldn't sideline mm. George because they're all so. And actually, the, name wise, they're all linked. So you've got like you've got Michael, Michael, um, and then you've got. George Michael, which is this eternal gag about his son is called George Michael, which is just brilliant. I think they only mentioned the fact of the singer no, George Michael once. Um, oh, once, I think, in the entire thing, but otherwise it's just this guy, he just oh, sits yeah, there. They sang yeah, they don't make a big deal of it. Yeah. yeah, and, and then um, Job is actually George Oscar Bluth. It's George Oscar Bluth, so he's <laughs> named after the father who's George, and his brother is Oscar. Yeah. Um, who's played by the same actor? So it's kind of again, it's just little. It's cl- that clever little plotting and sort of you know doing Absolutely. your paperwork and going, well, what if this happens? I know? think that's one of the things that almost first maybe it's what put some people off in America. The detail mm. it was almost a bit overwhelming at first because I kept saying, Joe, but why does he say gob on his box mm. and stuff like that? I didn't realize I, it was I, George, yeah, George yeah, Oscar Bluth and stuff like. that <laughs> <laughs> and then it just becomes the guy on the Segway, you know, which is then, sort then, of yeah, absolutely. And then and, and, and there's like I think, magician, I think, yeah. But there's there's loads of sort of themes I think that run through it. So you've got, uh, but like things like transportation. So he's always on his Segway, which is hysterically funny. They have this this fucking like airport. Is this <laughs> the, the, the thing? I can't even describe what what would you so, call it? Yeah, so it, it's, it's it's basically it's a, stairs. A, a vehicle that's carries stairs that take you up to an aeroplane. Yeah. 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 Because Michael said things. Oh, should we take the stairs? <laughs> In all that time, they don't, like, yeah, the, the, the model house with the, uh, the, they discover that it does, the sewage pipes doesn't go anywhere yeah. underneath <laughs> the house, but it's just bits of denim at the bottom because of, uh, <laughs> because of course, um, when you've got a never nude. Never yeah. nude. Never nude. Yeah. Which we, we, we must come on to that, but let's, oh, let's, wonderful. let's say that. But I think that, what, what, again, why we're saying there's no fat on it is because they, they wrap around certain sort of elements, like... Okay, there's there's vehicular comedy through the Segway or through the steps, the stairs, everything else. You know, you've got other classic tropes in there, like like um, misunderstanding the misunderstanding of words. You know, so it's kind of the, like the um, you have this whole build up over a couple of episodes of the fact of, of the fact that he thinks that Michael thinks that Job's partner is having an affair with somebody called Hermanos, which means oh, brother. Brother. Um, yeah. and, and 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 then it's added to because. Job knows the word for brother in every other language <laughs> except Spanish, and, and which is the one he studied. Yeah, which is the one he studied. So it's this yeah. kind of incredible weaving in of of, of sort of word comedy, um, and until and then you get quite a sort of the the, the payoff is quite is quite full of pathos. What, what do they call the the, the lad of the adults? Onion, onion, yeah, which means hello oh, in in yeah. Korean. So, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, and when I believe it's when um, the mum ends up in prison. I think it was an episode I haven't got to yet. Um, her number, a prison number, if you turn it upside down, it says hello. Really? Ah. <laughs> it's just a little nod to Onyong. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's so clever how these things, they, they weave them through. That's why you've got to, you know, you have well, to go back and did, did, watch did, did, Without so much of a spot, they do a great thing with Onyong because he just, he just goes, disappears and you don't know what happens, but he comes back. <laughs> but he, he kind of explains where he's been and he's actually quite a pivotal character at the end of season three, so... Oh, I do love it. I like it when he has a scrap with uh, Buster. He was, he was always scrapping with him at one point. It was lovely. But you just a... see him in the background filling each other in. <laughs> well, Buster's another, he... another one who's a lot of people's favourite character. Yeah. Well, you I think... know what? I couldn't take to him at first. I thought he was too stupid, I'll be honest with you. But mm. as, as again, as it's gone on. Yeah. Especially when he first got off with Liza Minnelli. Yeah. <laughs> the great thing about Tony Kaye, who, who, who does that, it's, <clears> and, and I was wondering whether 
he was called Buster because of the physical comedy like Buster Keaton and stuff because actually he a lot of his stuff is funny because it's it's slapstick and it's and it's real like silent movie stuff when he's trying to kill the bird and when he's you know gets his false hand and all this kind of stuff that he does <laughs> when he when he walks through the plate glass window is one of the funniest moments he's trying to escape because <laughs> I mean because his mother sees it yeah, yeah and he walks straight through a plate glass window which is just physical comedy and some of the yeah, physical yeah. stuff that they do in this is brilliant and it's like it is some of the best sort of slapstick physical comedy you'll see in in, in any sort of series. But yeah, with, with Tony um, Kaye, who, who plays Buster, he, that's that's what he does best, really. Yeah. It's that sort of mad kind of, you know, not seen and not heard. I loved it when he he, uh, he thought he'd escaped to Mexico and he got 200 yards down the road. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was magic. I loved that. It is one of these where it's the stupid situations. It's the, the, ultimate the, 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 farce, isn't it? Ultimate farce. But they're really creative, stupid situations. Yeah. yeah, but I, th- I think what's interesting is, and you've talked—I know you talked about Frasier. And one of the things about Frasier often did sort of classic farce really well that you'd have three doors and you have people coming misunderstandings, in misunderstandings, and, yeah. and you do this kind of like quite cerebral, quite clever. But there's a huge amount of farce. The amount of episodes that end in a chase, a physical Keystone Cops type. Chase, I mean, the the I mean, because I just looked at, I kind of particularly looked. My favorite episode is one is ep seven which is in god we trust where they have the the the, the, the live pageant and all this which is where you introduce the never nude which we will talk about in a minute um Definitely. and and actually it's henry winkler's first episode as a lawyer because he meets the other lawyer as well the guy who just ducks down out of sight oh, um yeah. and there are so many brilliant things and it, it sort of i think epitomizes the whole thing and the whole thing ends up in this ridiculous chase where george senior is trying to escape um dressed as God because he's supposed to be this God character in the in the pageant and um, and, then, and then right at the end there's yeah it, 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 it's great because then there's a member of the audience watching this pageant it's supposed to be the, the basically a still life of, of David and God the, the, the Michelangelo thing that's right created live isn't it um, and and then one of the audience members just goes but where's God and, and somebody else goes there is no God <laughs> it's, just, it's just absolutely fucking brilliant writing but it ends in, in this chase and the fist fight you know which, which like so many episodes do it's like when they had the fight over the uh, the, the Spanish soap operas there <laughs> that ended in carnage didn't yes it? again running out of a courtroom yes running running away and then fighting <laughs> and it's kind of it's, it's a brilliant way to you know end it. it's just just sort of Complete mayhem and slapstick. Yeah, the the Joe Michael stuff is is brilliant. I love just the consistency of Michael has a conversation with somebody and then Joe just appears out of nowhere and then another com- It's like there's two scenes where he moves on two points, but they do that. I think almost in every single episode, and, and then quite often he does end up with a fight because poor old Joe. Um, poor old Joe. Yeah. The, the unloved son, the unloved brother. Yeah. So who's just, your favourite? His mum and dad cats. You asked us who you, who's your favourite character. I, I like George Michael. I just think he's just, I think he's just a great character. I don't think he's the funniest mm. character. But he's you've a got good like, you've got a nice person caught in it, which is ridiculously no naive. There only appears to be him and his dad who are actually kind of quite reasonable. <laughs> Normal yeah. people, aren't they? Yeah, and, the may, and maybe, he's idle bit, maybe smart, but goes off and does this whole like subplot where she's a film producer. Yeah. <laughs> well, it started getting weird with, with, with that, but, but when it's tight at the beginning, really tight, and basically, again, anybody who hasn't seen it, that she, it, he's in love with his cousin. She's yeah. his cousin, and and I mean, she was fourteen when she started filming. Yeah. This, you know, so it's and kind so of she was the first one cast in mm. the whole show. Really? Mm. Maybe. No, definitely. Definitely, yeah. I laid that on for you, didn't I? Mm. But you know they, they, there they are, and it's kind of and he's he's obsessed with her, and again it, it's I think it's why this episode ep seven where where they're doing this what's it called a living classic pageant so with, with, and, and he gets the bodysuit for for David so he's kind of all ripped and, and maybe makes a comment <laughs> yeah. about how ripped he looks when he's got this thing on. and then he tries to pretend it's real and then just keeps on wearing it keeps wearing it every day and then Tobias mistakes that for the fact that he's a never nude and, and okay, I think this may be the moment when somebody else can do it somebody can actually describe what a never nude is well I, I, it kind of clues in the title <laughs> yeah. yeah he just can't be naked but it's the fact he wears these like denim <laughs> denim cut down hot pants yeah. that's what I thought was lovely when he when he bought the um, the leather stuff and he had the leather chaps on but he still had the denim shorts sticking out <laughs> the butt which I thought was great 
But yeah, he can't, he can't be nude. Yeah, and I think it's it. And Zach, we must talk about the guest stars, but Zach Braff oh, is so in it as well. Um, he turns out he's a never nude as well. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I didn't see you at the convention. <laughs> I don't know, as, as they went along, whether they discovered that certain things really... Because the, the one thing you remember, if, you, if you've watched it and then forgotten about it, you always remember the never nude. Yeah, um, and, and that scene where he comes out to, to George Michael when they have to share a bedroom weirdly because Ugh. they're having marital him and his wife having marital problems so she decides to, to, to sleep with maybe and he decides to bunk in with George Michael and um, George Michael's wearing it and he, and, he, and he just and he just reveals himself by dropping this uh, dressing gown and he's got his little shorts on <laughs> and then just walks off incredibly proud of it and it's that's one of the, the most brilliant moments in it and just Michael Sarah's expression you know just like <laughs> You know, he's, he's bunking down this guy who is so incredible. Because isn't there a moment when he gets into the top bunk? <laughs> and George Michael basically sees... Yeah, there's some lines about his... Because there's, there's the great thing about where they think they've got the aerial shots of these homes that George has built in Iraq. Yeah. But they're actually Tobias's balls. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I thought I'd seen them before, you know, sort of. <laughs> so it was, I imagine... That was just, that's just an amazing plot device, by the way, just magic. <laughs> I imagine it was, um, you alluded to this earlier, but so every time John manages to get a little bit horny about a, a character, so the whole kind of like Tobias Lindsay <laughs> marriage thing doesn't make any sense as to why they would ever get married in the first place. But wasn't it just to spite her parents anyway? Yes, it was. There is a plot, yeah. the thing about about it being yeah. to piss off her parents. Yeah. And then she, so, and he was like a, a therapist and then, and then makes this decision that he's going to be an actor in inverted commas yeah. um, then he gets struck off because he tried to give CPR to somebody who wasn't actually having a heart attack or something like that it was just something <laughs> silly and he was, he was uh, yeah he was a psychiatrist wasn't he he occasionally can but a terrible psychiatrist <laughs> he can't have been. it's just they only hire as well terrible people the, the lawyer yeah. and the, the private eye it was named Gene, what's his name? Gene Parmesan. <laughs> who appear, every time he appears, oh, the, the old girl like screams hysterically. What about the, um, the, 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 the guy to teach you the lessons with the one arm? Jay Walter Weatherman. Oh, God, that's, that's brilliant. Oh, Jay yeah. Walter oh, Weatherman. Oh, yeah. my God. That, I mean, that alone, that alone and, it, and it does keep popping up. And, they, and, they, like, and, they say, and that's why you should always leave a note. It's convoluted, man. Uh, but any, any listener who has not watched this show, they, you need we, to watch it. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, you're not going to know what's going on. Normally, we give it, we've just dived straight in here because there is, as you say, just so much to talk about. Well, this is the problem, and there's so many intricate, ongoing jokes. Like, 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 That's like the my guy favorite with one thing arm. about it. Yeah. I, I love, but, but I love callbacks. That could be yeah. the reason why it wasn't as popular as you'd imagine. Because maybe someone has maybe picked up episode seven yeah. of them, and think, "What the hell's going on yeah, here?" And then just know. left it. Yeah, you have to watch it from the beginning. You have to sort of go through it. Um, but it's in, it's a little bit like the wire, like that. You have to, you know, as, as a drama, you have to go through it. But then the, the reward is, oh. is massive because you see everybody, you know, along the way. Absolutely. Because um, I must be honest, when I uh, one, again, one of my first thoughts when I first started watching it, there's too many unsympathetic characters here. They're all lazy, mm. and you know. But, but 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 again, they win you over. They start to win you over. You start to enjoy the fact they're so like you know, up themselves and self-serving yeah. and burn idle. You know? It's like you mentioned Modern Family earlier, Ron and John, mm. the comparison that you think about and you've got this ensemble cast. Um, but, like, but they are, they're different. Because the, the Modern Family people, I think, they're generally nice guys, whereas these guys are not. Oh, no. But, I mean, you take, yeah, take Le Seal, for example, who's just like, just the most selfish person on the planet, but you just really enjoy when she's mean to somebody oh, else. She's so funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah she and she and she says some horrendous things. You know, <laughs> to I mean? her, yeah, to her kids. Yeah. yeah, I love the way she's always telling um, Lindsay she's fat, which yeah. clearly isn't. <laughs> yeah, but then yeah, well, there's a bit of a spoiler around that. But yeah, um, I know where you're going with that one. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Buster, what are you doing with Mother's rape horn? It's, it's, it's kind of is that great? It's, it's just like uh, great line, you know. Just just lines you go. God, that's a great line. And it's just um, so a bit of a spoiler, but Buster lost his hand yet, John? Not in my world. Oh uh, right, no. okay. What's? Well, oh, I don't know now. I I I, I have to say, go for it. Go for it. The, the Lucille. I have read right. on, so I do know things that are happening. Right, okay. So obviously his 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 mum is Lucille, and then he he in the first series he's kind of he's with Lucille. So anyway, in a convoluted story in which um, <laughs> in which Jerbo doesn't know his wife's name, 
That's um, right. Liz, who, who incidentally was his real wife. That's time. right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so yeah. jealous because I love Amy Poehler. Yeah. I love Amy Poehler <laughs> so much. Some, she like and she deals in, in seals. A, a seal. Yeah, and he, but he, he releases the seal, and that's when the, what, he goes into the sea to overcome his fear of the seal of the sea, and then a loose seal, like <laughs> yeah. a loose seal. Yeah, yeah I love now, it. What I love about that is the build up for that joke, <laughs> and then the fact that they thought, but well, he's going to have no hand for every episode thereafter. <laughs> Oh, it's worth it. Yeah. And actually, they do loads with the hook, don't they? Because after that, it's, it's just weird. Like, I'm a monster. Almost. He has sex with a ro- robot vacuum cleaner and things like that because he fixes an android. But see, that is why it is as brilliant as it is because of, they, they create a, a, a sort of left turn of one gag yeah. and then go with it for the rest. Yeah, the, just you stick know. at it. Yeah, yeah stick yeah, at yeah, it. Yeah, well, yeah. let's see where this takes us. Exactly. You know, it's like. You feel that goes on a lot, don't you? The mm. thing, like the Iraq thing. It's yeah. like when, when they find George living in a hole and he's got a big beard and, yeah. and you see George Michael with that like lolly stick thing in his mouth, just like they did with Saddam Hussein giving me his physical. And it's just fantastic, absolutely magic. Uh, so I think they do run... I mean, you know, because uh, Mitchell Herbert's who wrote it, I mean, he, he kind of... Again, it's, it's, it's the biggest thing he'd ever written. He just sort of pitched this idea and Ron Howard kind of liked it because it was sort of... They wanted to do something about... There was a lot around, I mean, you know, wanting to do sort of dysfunctional families. And a lot of people have sort of, sort of looked at the Trumps and sort of, you know, saying, mm. you know, where's, where's the balance of <laughs> that? Except, you know, that, yeah, that's just too horrendous to even start contemplating. It's beyond parody. It is beyond parody. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the, 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 it's great that, they, you know, he allowed his writers to go off and take these sort of, you know, turns and twists and actually just take the bizarre nature of it where it was going to go and and, and, it, and, it, and it just worked there's not that many US comedies of this scale that are so surreal mm. there's a lot of British ones that kind of are maybe not of this scale necessarily mm. but it is but it's yeah it's sort of it's still American humour but I can understand that it's not mainstream with, it's not everybody loves Raymond is it Let's not go it's not even like Frasier, is it? Yeah, we were staying when we did that. I would pitched everybody loves Raymond. I've no idea. Are we, yeah. are we on that but premise? But this is a complicated pitch. But, but this is a very complicated. But, but, but fortunately, and just explained it. Yeah, so. Bateman's there to hold it together. Yeah, mm. and you, so you got your centre. I mean, in, in in a lot of ways, it, it, it adheres to sort of every classic sort of you know dramatic form going because I mean yeah. and there are actually weirdly there are some moments of pathos not many but they're kind of it's yeah. made, but like I'm saying you know you've got word comedy you've got comedy of errors you've got um, uh, you've got slapstick you've got mis- mistaken identities you've all these kind of classic tropes of comedy um, and they all appear and, and often they'll appear kind of cheap by yeah. jowl in a 20 minute episode and so that's what I'm saying when there's no fat on it it's so dense um, but actually you don't notice that you don't notice the joy you just you just laugh because it's because it's because it's bon- lovely bonkers, you know. I can't. Yeah, apart from maybe these stories that do stand alone. I mentioned it earlier on about maybe being the film producer, but the, there's never a, a scene where I just think, "What was that for? That wasn't funny, or it didn't help the story." Mm. No, it's, it's, as you say, it really does. But then they also drop some interesting stuff about the whole thing with Joe and Steve Holt. I just and it's just like turns out he's his son, but yeah, that, that yeah. doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't, but it, but it builds up, and then the, the, all the little things—they're mm. all there's nothing for nothing in there. You know, everything yeah. has a sort of a kind of payback or a, and and I think it's as a viewer, oftentimes you're not even consciously aware of it, and and you find it funny because you've observed something like the Steve Holt thing. It's like Steve Holt, you know, he's kind mm. of like he's he's a very small character. But actually, you remember it because because yeah. it's in it's entrenched in there, you know. Yeah. So there's there's two other favourite characters I have that we haven't really mentioned much, but they're regular. One, by the way, um, is Ron Howard as as the mm. narrator because that is it's brilliant. It's just yeah, it's funny. It's fun, every time. It's just kind of and it and it does and that is where it breaks the fourth wall, I suppose. At times where it kind of call out. The characters on lying and things like that. Yeah, yeah true. That's true. Yeah, and I do like that. But 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 what I really wanted to talk about, and we've not even mentioned her, which maybe because she's so unmemorable. Anne is Anne. <laughs> oh man, and it's not even the characters great. It's what it's what Michael and when he can never remember her name. Oh, <laughs> does he? I'm sure there's two episodes where he calls her Egg. Egg, yeah. <laughs> Anne Veal, isn't it? Anne Veal. Anne Veal. Great name. Oh, and, he, and uh, yeah, and he, he's just like, huh? Really? <laughs> just, and then of course she ends up with. They left her in Mexico. She's that forgettable. Yeah. She'd be, 
That's a good oh, what did you get? get here? She's like, I came up in the elevator with you. <laughs> I just, I don't know why. That just is so simple. And they did it. They just mentioned it over and over again. And it just made me laugh. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Called it. oh, I just forgot her name. I don't know why. I just really, really tickled me. And, and then there's like, there's like, um, what's her name? Uh, Louise. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I've forgotten already. Louise Dreyfus. Louis Dreyfus. Oh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Who was yeah. the bland lawyer? Right. So oh. I'm, now, I'm now calling open season on guest stars. Yeah, okay. So you. let's just go through some of them. So in one brilliant sort of um, Bob Odenkirk, who appears, who later is in... Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul and uh, Breaking Bad appears as his drama coach. Oh, no, he's a therapist. He's a couple therapist who then does some workshopping uh, with, with Tobias. And, and they have this in- incredible scene. And again, went on to great things with so, Better Call Saul. So and, did you know that, you may have known this already, did you know that he was he was a double act with uh, David Cross no, prior I didn't, to yeah, that, no. Mr. Show? Uh-huh. So I didn't watch Mr. Show first time around, but I have recently read Pop uh, uh, Urban Deck's autobiography and that's another one that was like critically acclaimed hardly anybody watched it um actually got the resurgence through dvd sales What's but it netflix it's called it's called mr sure okay but netflix brought that back as well but ah. they, they weren't it used to be called mr sure with bob and david but the deal they had with i don't know if it was fox or whoever owned it and uh, said well you you can't use Mr. Show, but we'll let you use Bob and David. So on Netflix, it's just called Bob and David. <laughs> but it's just a, uh, they just did one more series of it, like fifteen years afterwards. And I haven't watched the original, but I did. But I like that. So, yeah. yeah. In fact, they had a problem that because the, they're both in um, the Post, the um, Steven Spielberg um, movie, and it, apparently they're in a scene together. Quite because that's that's just there's no comedy in that movie whatsoever. I don't think. And somebody came on and went, oh, wow, you've got like Bob and Dave together. And like, and they were like, shh. <laughs> Keep your voice down. To know because they would think, well, he's going to uncast one of us because we can't put these two a, a comedy double acts in this serious yeah, scene that, together. And, and they got away with it. The Shining with Abbott and Costello. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, I took us down a bit of a, a, bit of a yeah, history yeah, lesson yeah. there, didn't I? But, yeah, so, so, but you mentioned, sorry, before we moved on. Um, you mentioned um, Julia Lewis Dreyfus. Oh, I thought that was magic, the bland. Oh, so again, and it, it turned out a guide dog was bland, which I thought yeah. was another. Because so, so justice, a guide dog. I mean, just, justice. <laughs> some some brilliant dog physical comedy acting. You know, yeah. just just running around mayhem, you know, causing mayhem, and it's um, like when it jumped off the vet's couch straight into a bin. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and 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 there was so much around that, which again, it sort of. But then it turns, you know, this whole, the whole machinations of it. So you're setting up, she's blind, you, you're, you know, it's the character, you're laughing, she's blind. Then she's not blind, but, you know, it's kind <laughs> well, of... That messed my head up, because one of the other um, <laughs> things that, that, that Arrested Development, I think, is probably the only show that I've watched at this, is it has the trailer for the next episode, but mm, they were yes, like yeah. fake trailers for the yeah. next episode. So when they said, oh, she's not blind... Um, Sally wasn't really what happened to watch that she watched that one episode with me and she went oh my god I went oh no she will be blind they just do that as a fake thing but then she wasn't blind yeah. and it was like I don't know what to because it was anymore. beautiful because Tobias sort of used his physical skills <laughs> to creep into her house yeah, yeah. and you can see the silly bastard all yeah. the time so we because we got to see that from the perspective of thinking she was blind and then yeah. we got to see it again knowing that she could see yeah. and it was um, yeah but again oh. so that, 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 and it does fuck with you because what happens is then all your kind of preconceptions if you start going well they can't they can't make a joke oh they can make a joke can they make a joke about this and then it becomes that whole sort of debate about she's, she's fake bog eyed as well yeah and I was like well, and I also, but that. but also as is Kitty. I mean, Kitty when she takes her glasses off and she's kind of like, you know, um, I've just d- demonstrated with my glasses. But the she goes cross-eyed as well, and there's a sort of thing where you take the glasses off and somebody becomes kind of you know, cross-eyed or boss-eyed. Um, yeah. Which led me to think, how do they film that? Because it must be really impe- really painful or uncomfortable to actually be cross-eyed for that length of time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really kind of, far. Oh, she'll give it a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all doing it now. We're all this doing is, it. You do it too at home. Just for the rest of this podcast, just go cross-eyed. <laughs> go on, Mr. Gilbert. You know who yeah. you want to. And if the wind changes, well, tough shit. <laughs> Carl Weathers, I thought was great. Car- the Carl cold Carl Weathers scene. So that that's a long burn. That's throughout the whole thing. But he's just he's just a clear love of making soup and food. It's just sort of will, will out outlive everything. It's kind of the, um, but yeah, and I think that's the first time they actually introduce. I think what again is really interesting is that Carl Weathers is introduced as a real person. Carl Weathers is Carl Weathers, 
Whereas somebody who's as famous as mm. Liza Minnelli, mm. who, who we need to mention because she's an absolute icon, mm. um, ends up as Lucille too, Lucille Estera, who ends up having you know relationship with Buster, um, is there. And you and then, and I kind of again through the reading just re- read that she was Ron Howard's babysitter. Yeah. When she was when 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 they were both younger, really? because wow. they they wanted and Michael uh, Mitchell Herberts who, who wrote it said it would be great if we get someone like Liza Minnelli and so Ron Howard had gone well I'll get Liza Minnelli then because she used to be wow. my babysitter wow. and and she doesn't do stuff like that you know she no. does sort of cabaret in the seventies but obviously she does you know big films and stage shows and. New York, New York, and there is a great moment again with these sort of there, there are these little sort of in jokes or kind of um, kind of clockbacks. Like there's there's one when um, Henry Winkley who plays the lawyer is in the to toilet his, and yeah. he does his whole fond move in the ring and he goes to comb his hair and he goes <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's another one where um, uh, Tobias has inadvertently bought a gay club and oh, yeah. he goes down it's empty <laughs> and they start playing the introduction to New York, New York, and they're looking at. And then you just pan the camera and, and, and Tobias starts singing New York, New York. And you go, there must be such a great understanding because you, you imagine that Liza Minnelli being the star, she was, well, I'm mm. not doing that. I'm not going to, you know, go, go, go back and make a cheap gag about the fact that I sang New York, New York. I think, I think Alarm was everyone thinks the Frank Sinatra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the only time I remember doing anything vaguely in that was when she did Arthur with Dudley Moore. Mm. Like, but that's on, that was... Forty years ago, wasn't it? Well, yeah, months, now yeah. eighty-one. And famous for being Judy Garland's daughter, of course. But, Absolutely. You know, um, yeah. Ben Stiller's good. Yeah, he's a magician. A, he's yeah. a magician, yeah. Well, the whole magic. Tony Wonder illusion. Is it, is it Tony Wonder? Tony Wonder, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's loads. I mean, there's there's some great gags about Job and his comedy, you know, routines and sort of his relationship with doves and yeah, killing doves. Of dead animals that he pulls out of yeah, his clothing. I actually, when he got rid of the. Made the yacht disappear by sinking it. Or <laughs> <laughs> decided he was going to escape from prison, you know, and, 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 and then just sort of by swallowing the key and, and breaking out. But then he has to get beaten up to get out in the end. I mean, that's madness, isn't it? Because Tobias ends up in there as well. Yeah, he? they all end up in prison where, where, where George, C, you know, George Senior is. Um, yeah, Job is great. Though. I I'm, just kind of like, if he's in a scene, I know something good's going to happen. Why don't you they're all like that, aren't they, really? The center, but then, like you say, I've never seen a cast of. of you can carry on with like, uh, what's her name? Um, Goldie Hawn's daughter plays. Uh, Michael, Kate Hudson. Kate, yeah, Kate Hudson is mm. is, is there, and, and um, oh no, um, Heather Graham. Heather Graham is there. Heather Graham. Um, oh, the cameos. Yeah, the yeah. cameos that appear. Yeah, Jeff Garlin, Isla Fisher, Kristen Wiig. Jeff Garlin's always trying to get off the Navy. Terry Crews. Yeah. Seth uh, Rogen. Dan Castanella is... Oh, the Doctor. Seth Rogen play... Um, he, the well, the so, dad in Flashback. That's right. And so Kristen a, Wiig plays the mum in Flashback. That is, yeah, that's on, right. That's yeah. that's yeah. in the, uh, the the later ones. Um, oh, the Doctors that they have. Um, <laughs> the way that they deliver the news. Like, well, I mean, you always think that oh, they're dead. Yeah. I'm afraid he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> can we go see him? Well, we can try, sort of thing. <laughs> the window's open. <laughs> I must just give special mention to Doc, Dr. Funke's 100% natural good Sam family band solution, <laughs> which I thought was rather magic. <laughs> Singing songs about, was it some sort of like health supplements and stuff? <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, Usually again, with a caveat, it's not produced anymore <laughs> at the end. But again, it's another, it's another trope, like, like um, George Senior's videos that he makes in, in oh. prison. You know, the sort of, so that, again, that there is sort of, and this is the thing where you have to watch the whole thing because yeah. there are certain you, things. That's what I mean. You never know what was going on. Otherwise, yeah. would you? Know? Yeah, you would. You wouldn't. And, and it is. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> if you watch it a scene and suddenly the hot cops are there. Yeah. <laughs> the hot <laughs> cops who appear. You know, again, it's sort of trying to scare. You know, they were so. great when Tobias took them them round that rough neighbourhood. Yeah. <laughs> that worked a treat until he got shot. Yeah. <laughs> but but every, every they, they don't waste anything. I and mean, this is the thing. It's like if you invest in it. It pays off because that's the thing. If you like, and I think you're right, John. You know, it, it, that may be why it wasn't as popular. Because if you tune in for one episode, you go, "I don't really get this. I don't really get it. I don't understand what they're doing." Yeah. Whereas if you watch it from the beginning, mm. you you know you and you and there's this kind of return on your investment. You, you definitely you, after him. That was the word I was looking for. Invest in it. Yeah, you really yeah. do. Yeah. 
then you get all the, the, the in gags and it makes you feel really special because it's kind of, you know, because you know the gags. You know, as you go along, you know that it, who the hot cops are and when they get the thing. <laughs> if they pop up again, what, you know, where they've been before or, or you know, the, the, the whole sort of gag lines that they, they, they run through it. It's interesting because watching it, I mean, I was on a bit of a race to do the research for this, but you mentioned this earlier on. I think I'd quite happily just watch it again and there's not many shows like that where... Absolutely, um, it's it's almost as good to rewatch. I mean, like I, I've I've watched Peep Show three or four times mm. around. The, uh, the in betweeners is almost always on in my house, <laughs> um, but it's still I've got to watch the same episode three times in two days before it really gets on my tits. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, good though, isn't it? It's good when it's like that. I just think starting watching it again, I think you'd be suddenly oh, I missed that bit. I missed that bit, you know, because I think it's just as you say, it's so dense, mm. so many gags. Because even like one of the lads talks when you know when I'm watching it or something, you're gonna miss something. You know, mm. like, shut up. That's why I lock them in the room really when I'm watching it. And it's another one. Let's be honest, that there's stuff you wouldn't be able to do now, even in the fairly recent times. I don't think but, you could. And I think even though the, 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 they are characters, you know, speaking the lines and you know they don't win and we we find them funny. There is stuff in there which is is, is difficult. This yeah. is the bit where we ruin it. Yeah, there's loads of homophobia, transphobia, <laughs> <Yeah>. racism, <laughs> definitely. Um, but you're not. But I think, that, and that's the great skill because you're not laughing at that. You know, you are just laughing at these terrible characters. You yeah. Know, so I'm not laughing at, uh, at the fact that um, some people who used to identify as men now identify as women. I'm laughing at the fact that Tobias is dressed up as <laughs> what's you call it, um, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. <laughs> which which is incredibly funny, you know. And, and 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 this is the thing. But the fact that he thinks he can do that. <laughs> so like, it was almost like Mrs. Doubtfire was like an instructional video to see in your kids. <laughs> One thing I didn't buy about Tobias is his eternal optimism. He always, he's always back the next day, and he. Well, I'm going to do this sort of thing. But in season four, when uh, Lindsay leaves him, but he just doesn't get it, does he at all? And he's just like, he's just like, so what? She's like, we need to be as far away as part as, as we possibly can. He's going. So what you're saying is we should go far away together? And she's just like, no, <laughs> no. Well, all, all their relationship. I mean, it's like when when he breaks his never nude thing, and then you know he comes down completely naked with, with a pixelated, <laughs> you know, penis, sort of as he wants around. Join him at the dinner table. Dinner table and stuff, and it's kind of. So you get your big, big build-up and then a big payoff again from, from that. Um, but that, that was a fake trailer, wasn't it? Because then he's back as an Evernude again in the yeah. next episode. And, and, and so, but, but yes, it's, it's kind of interesting that the, the fake trailers at the end, but the fake trailers at the end, I, also, I've never seen any series that's done that. No. It was a fake trailer at the end. Mm. Would you go, what would serve this episode rather than let's tell people about the next episode? It's kind of like, it, it, it's kind of weird. And, and then... But you should buy it, you know. Yeah, it's... but then they become actual trailers because they do want you to keep watching yeah. it because they need Absolutely. the viewers. <laughs> which they didn't get, which, which, is, which is kind of bizarre. Yeah. Right, we've been talking for a long time, chaps. Um, so I'm going to go to some of these standard questions. So, gents, of the, um, the Blue family, which of them is most like you? That's a really tough question. And one I should have really thought about a lot more. If only I asked you on the I'd like to. I know. If only you asked me this every week. Um, I really wish it was Michael. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, not, it's not without his flaws. No, but he's the one who stands to hold it all together, isn't he? Mm. Horribly, I think it's um, Tobias. What, you? Yeah. The whole of Hornsey once thought I was gay, so it's kind of. <laughs> you know. The whole of Hornsey. <laughs> Is that your claim to fame? Yeah. Um, <laughs> We well, used to go door. To, very happily married. He used to go door to door criticizing everybody's curtains. It's only it's only wonder why they all thought he was gay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tobias. And what was it? What was the other part of that? Um, and oh, if you God. had to live with um, one of the blue family, which oh, one? Imagine living with one. I, I, you see, I quite like George Senior. I think that he's sort of always throughout. It, I think he's he's the older character. And he's done incredible things that are wrong, but he seems quite sage, and, and I think I quite like him. I sort of, um, if I was stuck in an attic, I'd quite like to be stuck in an attic with him. Yeah. And that was a good, by the way, I just wish to say that was great when he got the uh, jacuzzi put in the attic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was magic. And a lot of boiling the bags. <laughs> um, I just, I'm just going to have to go aesthetic. Lindsay. Mm-hmm. I live with a Lindsay, so I can't go wrong. Yeah, right. 
It's a good call. What about you? Bunny should wear slut on a t-shirt. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that, I mean, I'm not yet there quite yet, but um, my retirement plan looks very much like Lucille's. Um, yeah, I'm just going to get pissed and criticise people. Yeah. That's the plan. Um, I'm cheating a little bit. I would like to live with um, Ron Howard as the narrator. I'd just like him to narrate my life. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. and just like yeah. pointing out when I've just contradicted myself. <laughs> yeah, so there's so much we've not talked about in this in this podcast, but I think like probably unlike any other sitcom sit-down, all we've done is just kind of raved about how much we like something. We've, we've not really pointed out any flaws. Because, we've, well, I can't really find any. And yeah, I, and I've watched I imagine about, this was no fun if you've never seen the show. I must have watched about 30 episodes, and I feel like I'm underprepared because there's just so much going on. Mm. And that's why I almost want to sit and watch it all again. Yeah. So I, I, as a rule, I, I, <laughs> even though I'm part of a sketch show group, I don't like comedy a lot of the time because I find it unfunny I mean I, I do find a particular you know certain elements of a British sitcom not funny uh, it doesn't make me laugh it doesn't amuse me whereas something like this from beginning to end it makes me laugh out loud and that's quite unusual so you know you go well you know if they, if they can get to an old bastard like me then they're doing something right yeah so listen if you've not tried it yet if it's good enough for Andy it's good enough for you <laughs> Um, heartily recommend it yeah heartily recommend and, it and if you think oh, I'm still not convinced don't be like the, the narrow-minded fools of Hornsey <laughs> <laughs> yes darling come on up open your minds and, and uh, yeah it's it is available in full Why on Hornsey? Netflix sorry it's a sidebar conversation we can have that okay and uh, yeah we'll look forward to that in the uh, the extras of the podcast straight people would like The Wizard of Oz as well okay that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a Judy Garland album <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In next week's episode of the sitcom <laughs> Sit Down, John dresses up as Judy Garland. I'll just sit in the corner. For I'm clicking my heels right now, <laughs> listener. Yeah, I'm from Kansas, my friend. So that's been the sitcom Sit Down Does Arrested Development. Thank you ever so much for listening. And thank you, Andy, for introducing us to this and guesting with us now. Um, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. I've been John. And I've been John too. I've been a prostitute. God bless. <laughs>